You are Locked On Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked on Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Harrison Fagan. Uh, Harrison, it turns out some people are getting kind of annoyed with the spa jokes, uh, and it's not you. Did you? I just realized this. That review that we have on iTunes was your burner iTunes account. Is it? I Cough if that, isn't the, if that is the case. Uh, I'll just admit, I'm I'm basically the Kevin Durant of iTunes reviews. So, um, I yes, I have I have burner iTunes accounts. That one says Harrison is goat. I feel like if you're gonna do that, I, I, at least you gave it to us in a five star review. I, I appreciate yeah, exactly. That. I mean, like I'm not gonna be a hypocrite. Yeah, I'll take I'll take that. I guess I'll I'll take that criticism into account and ignore it. We <laughs> are going to talk about Kobe. We are going to talk about. Lakers retired numbers, and then we're going to talk about. We actually did get an interesting. Wait, wait, wait! Question. That wasn't a good enough plug. We're going to talk about who is the next player to get their number retired by the Lakers. Stay tuned and find out what we think. <laughs> sure. After the break, Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> like the break in a little bit. We're going to talk about other stuff first, and then, and then but finally, still. we got an interesting question that I get a lot on Twitter, and then it was it made its way over to the iTunes reviews. So we're going to answer that in the C block about Paul George and his fit alongside superstars. So without further ado, well, I guess it is further ado because I'm going to tell you guys where to find the show, and that's at Panoply, Megaphone, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Spotify, Alexa, Lakers Nation, and Lakers Outsiders. Make sure you're using all those promo codes from wherever you find them. Uh, Make sure you are leaving those five-star reviews at all times. And like I said, we are going to get to one because that is the best way to guarantee that you get your stuff right on the on the show. Let's start though by talking about Kobe's legacy because everybody's kind of doing the thing where, what's your favorite Kobe memory? Oh my god! Like I I I feel like that show has been done roughly thirty seven times. I feel like we've done that show roughly thirty seven times in that voice too. It's the weirdest yeah, thing. My my personal favorite Kobe memory was the first time that I almost literally ran into him and he uh like because i was in his way in the lakers locker room like an idiot and he kind of very nicely moved me out of the way said excuse me bud and then darted out of there before any reporters could talk to him so wow that's my life that's gonna be how i remember kobe he called you bud like you guys are best basically bff yeah, honestly like i i still haven't washed the shoulder <laughs> it smells like it all right so <laughs> kobe's legacy though for me, my my answer is going to be a little different, I think, than most. It's complicated to me because on one hand, he is probably my my favorite or second favorite Laker with Magic, depending on the day. Um, but for all the good that he did, it's hard. The recency bias kind of creeps in, and I can't help but remember like how sad I was the day that he said, no, I'm not going to take a pay cut. Why would I take a pay cut from the Lakers? And then he took two years... 46 or 48 million dollars from them and 
basically made it so that the Lakers had no shot at LeBron and no shot at Carmelo. Like they wanted to play together and the Lakers might have been able to squeeze both of them in if Kobe would have taken like a decent amount of money and he opted not to. And now I will say that I don't think it's right that we expect athletes to pay cut, take pay cuts, but there's no argument to be made that Kobe was worth all of that money over the last two years of his, of his career and that farewell tour leaves a poor, uh, an awkward taste in my mouth. And a lot of people are celebrating him, and there's plenty to celebrate. But I, I feel like there's a lot of ignoring some stuff that went on, too. Like what? What, what, what specifically bothers you? I guess just not taking the pay cut? Well, like the, there's that, and then the Eagle Colorado stuff creeps in. And, yeah, that's... And, yeah. and, you know, I look, he... He had one of the best careers that the NBA has ever seen. His longevity challenges just about anybody's in the history of the NBA. Uh, but with all of that said, there's some iffy stuff that I, I think if we're if we're going to gush and wax poetic about what this guy meant to the Lakers, we also should talk about some of the reasons why some people don't necessarily like Kobe. You know, like there's a reason. People who who are Kobe fans get painted as Kobe as Kobe stands, and and they are uh, citizens of Kobe stand, and, and all of those things. There's a reason. There's kind of a backlash towards this guy, and just ignoring some of that stuff to me feels kind of weird. It, it's well, just, that's why we're capital, painted as stands. The capital of Kobe stand is obviously Temecula, mm-hmm. and I think like what you're saying kind of leads to what his legacy will always be to me like uh, most players if they had Kobe's resume would be remembered for being like an 18 time all-star five time NBA champion 12 time all NBA defense four times all-star MVP Mm -hmm. like one regular season MVP two scoring titles 15 times all NBA he got he made the all rookie team he was a finals MVP two times like that would be how most players of Kobe's ilk would be remembered, but it's not because he was so polarizing. And Mm -hmm. I think that the way that I'll always remember him is because of that persona that he created, like Kobe, like how a lot of NBA players, it's like, you don't really know who that guy is, or you don't really know, like they don't have a consistent brand or like an ethos or a way that they're portrayed. And pretty much from, from starting very early on in his career, not right at the start, but very early on, Kobe realized how he wanted to be portrayed. He was going to be the villain. He was going to wear the black hat. He was going to be the guy that you're that you hated if he was not on your favorite team. And he was going to be the guy that every single quote that he gave, every single little video or tidbit that leaked out was something that portrayed him as a borderline psychotic like workhorse and someone that like just was always going to try and outwork you and was and that that's why he was so great and just building this mythology of Kobe as infallible kind of work dighty and I think that is kind of what I will always remember because that was the way that like if you were a Lakers fan you grew up kind of especially like at a, at the age I grew up you grew up thinking all that stuff about Kobe was true and you know most of it probably is he's one of the by all accounts one of the hardest workers to ever like come through the NBA, but I think it's just notable that I think that's why he's polarizing. I think that to some people who aren't fans of Kobe, it seems contrived. And I think that people make fun of that. Like the guy gave himself a nickname and he actually has some on like basketball reference that I'd never heard of, like showboat and little flying warrior. I'm not sure really <laughs> where those came from. Oh, I could see I'll, little flying warrior coming from his time in like China, right? Like that. Yeah. I have, I have no idea. That where has to come from there. Probably. But 
So I don't know. I think that's how I'll always remember him is for being so, so, so loved by the majority of Lakers fans, like to the point of militancy or like religiousness almost. Yeah. It's like revered figure. And then the rest of the NBA, he was Satan. Yeah. I, I, it is funny. Like I have a tweet that every so often makes the rounds and like, there's a reason people attach him. Like there was that tweet that, that, that one um, nerd numbers guy sent out and it was basically like it's either LeBron or Kareem for best player ever. Nobody else is really in a discussion. That means you Kobe. Like there's a reason he has yeah, to throw Kobe Kobe's in there. legacy is how mad he makes bloggers who think they're smart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, my, my, I, I tweeted out that, that Kobe's legacy is that y'all can't stop talking about him. Right. Like you, you just let him go. He hurt people personally, apparently. And he drove two people, well, one person, to drive to Temecula to try and fight someone on mm-hmm. Christmas. Like, um, that's the kind of loyalty that Kobe inspires from his greatest fans. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Amazing. All right. We're going to take a quick second to pay some bills. But on the other side of this, we are going to talk about which Laker is most likely to get their number retired next. And I want to quickly talk about the policy that they have in place regarding retired numbers, because I think it's kind of, I don't necessarily agree with it. Yeah, Anthony, I agree with you 100%. I definitely think that you, there is no reason that you shouldn't be able to have your number retired. The Euro stumble is one of the most legendary Lakers summer league memories. And honestly, I think it's a farce that just because you aren't in the hall of fame, that the Lakers will not retire whatever shirt you were wearing that day. <laughs> like, that should just be... Ha- I'm not saying it has to go next to the jerseys, but just somewhere up in the rafters at Staples, that shirt should just be hanging up there What's with fun? no explanation. <laughs> It'll be like an inside joke for, real le- for like, Lakers Twitter. When, <laughs> next time I go to Staples Center, I'm just going to heave that shirt up because I know exactly which shirt I was wearing. It was a, it was a Lakers shirt, so that that's... Nice! There we go. We could do this. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Except for Lakers PR, we definitely aren't going to hide that shirt up there. Definitely not. No. Not planning to do that. One hundred percent. Kidding. This is parody. And the Clippers are already pre- preparing a selfie to go over my <laughs> my retired shirt. <laughs> They're going to use like who would they even use one of like just Big Baby Davis? Glenn, not even on yeah, the team anymore. Like, Davis. Oh my god, it's scary that we both went to the same guy. <laughs> oh, that that is a little scary. We we're <laughs> despite me missing so many shows, like our minds are stu- too in sync. I think I'm going to have to take the rest of the week off after this. Uh, all right, get ready for for Harrison at the the, the spa. Those of you who work there. Okay. And and rub the shoulder that he hasn't cleaned since uh, Kobe touched it. Yeah, no, well, don't rub it because, again, c- greatness. <laughs> but do you agree, though? Because I don't, I don't necessarily agree with their so policy. So you're talking about the policy of they have to be in the Hall of Fame yeah. to have the number retired. Like, I think so, Michael Cooper should have Or, like, clearly they're going retired. to make it. I think Michael, because... Co- Michael Cooper should. Derek Fisher should. Robert Ory should just have that pose enshrined up there after he beat the Kings. Like, those... Those things are not even like, his number, just the silhouette of just, him, like <laughs> skipping back down the court. Exactly, exactly. Teron Lou should have his silhouette when Allen Iverson was stepping over him. Like that, those things should be up there on the wall. I think the Sixers did retire that. They probably did. I, I think. Um, so I, I have some thoughts on I, I agree with you. Derek Fisher, obviously, like Lakers clutch legend. The numbers don't really reflect like his impact 
on all of those Lakers teams. He's one of the guys that I think like maybe you would make an exception for. But at the same time, I think that's the unique thing about the Lakers is like some NBA teams have guys who have their number retired where it's like really him. Sean and it's Elliott. just because he was like a fan favorite or yeah. he and he meant something to that community. And that's cool. But at the same, I think what makes the Lakers unique is that every single number that you look up there at, you're looking up there and you're like, oh, yeah, that guy would have his number retired by literally any team in the NBA had he played for them. And I think it's one of the unique things about the Lakers' legacy of just always having these superstars. Yeah, no, I, I think that's all fair. But you have to ask yourself what the purpose of a retired number is, right? Are, are you... Are you to get no one else to wear it ever again? <laughs> All right, well then, mission accomplished. But I mean, I, do you think Lonzo Ball should be able to wear Derek Fisher's number? I guess is is one is one way to frame it. And look, a lot of people will probably say, yeah, he's he's just Derek Fisher. But for me, Kobe, I fun fact, Kobe never won a title without Derek Fisher. Like that, that never happened. And Hashtag I, analytics. <laughs> but I really think Fisher was vital to those Laker teams because you needed a player to be able to stare Kobe down and say, no, man, you can't take 50 shots tonight. Stop it. Go away. Stop whistling at me. Stop hissing at me. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, like one, probably one of the few players in NBA history that was not ter- to play on the Lakers that was not terrified to not pass to Kobe. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to see those two guys sit down in a room together and talk just just inter- to have an interview take place with those two guys because I really think Fisher was like you said one of the few guys who was just like no man you you shooting 37 times tonight isn't what we need we have Shaq over there we have Powell over there we have in Owen. retrospect it is a miracle that Derek Fisher did not mysteriously disappear at some point in his NBA career that's probably the biggest testament to the amount of respect Kobe had for him are you are you talking about because Kobe didn't kill him or because Matt Barnes didn't kill him Yes. <laughs> uh, but to get to the actual question that we were going to ask, though, do you think or which player do you think is the next to get their number retired? I guess I'll start and I'll just say Powell. I think he's. he's you asked your, ask your own. I asked the question to me and then cut me off and answered it. Well, I wanted to say Powell because he's the obvious answer. This is, what, this is why I'm the journalist. <laughs> Who do you think? Uh, do Would you agree that Powell is the next one or do you think there's another one coming? So I, I actually I I didn't forget about Powell. It's just like his time with the Lakers was obviously so short that I think uh, like he didn't like immediately pop to mind. But once you say him, that's probably the right answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that though, if we're gonna get like I, I think it's almost more interesting to extrapolate the question forward. Like maybe guys who just like haven't oh, okay. retired yet or yeah. aren't like their Lakers legacy isn't done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Powell's probably it. But after Powell. It's it's kind of wide open mm-hmm. because there's not really another obvious candidate out there that's clearly going to make the Hall of Fame that played for the Lakers, at least not that I'm thinking of. And so I, I think almost the guy that you have to look at as most likely, and this is going to piss a lot of people off when I say this, is Lonzo. Oh, my God. You're yeah. unbelievable. That's right. I went there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I'm, I forgot. I'm doing this show with an extension of Levar Ball. It's actually, yeah. They, they, we're trying to come up with a name, a way to combine my name with Big Baller Brand. We're working on it. Um, <laughs> Big Balder Brand. Okay, my hairline's not that bad yet. It's. it's um, I won't comment. I, I think it's Lonzo or LeBron, right? 
Like, <laughs> you know, like who else moving forward? I, I'm like trying to shoot my shot here and figure yeah. out who this guy's going to be. Like, do you, who do you, do you think there's another young Laker on the team that has a better chance of it than Ball? Ingram? Because I think Ingram is a better player and has a brighter future ahead of him. Ingram is the better player right now. I and don't I... know that he's necessarily has the brighter future. I would disagree with you on that, but we had that podcast last week. Uh-huh. Um, but I, but I, like Paul George, right? Isn't he? Doesn't he kind of come to mind? It, it, he's an actual superstar right now, and if he comes and is the catalyst or the the launching pad from How which dare to you. the <laughs> launching point, Dude, no one is the catalyst. But I was I, I forgot I, I made a note to myself to make it's actually it's Marcelo Huertas. Yeah. Actually, is the Damn next it. guy. I am always the one. Him or Sacre is like those those are the two names I go to there. And I forgot, but. But yeah, I mean, if, if Paul George comes and is the launching point from which the Lakers ascend back to the place that Laker fans expect the Lakers to be, then he's kind of the guy, right? He, whether whether yeah, he deserves yeah. it resume-wise or whatever, but... but that's he, why I think, like, him or LeBron, if mm-hmm. you're... Like, like, I think if, if you we were in Vegas and we were making odds, which we would never do because we're not good enough at math or predictions, mm-hmm. but if you and I were making odds right now and for a theoretical prop bet... I think maybe on bet DSI, um, but they would <laughs> my or my bookie, but they would um, like it would be LeBron, Paul George, and Lonzo. I think would be the three leaders in the club, like the three best odds for people oh, to bet LeBron, on. LeBron, Paul George, and Ingram, not Lonzo. I that would be the most that would Lonzo, get the most bets. Like I think I think if you put Lonzo, Lonzo would get a there, lot of bets. He would get the most bets. Like Ingram is probably the quieter. And more sure bet, but I think Lonzo would probably garner the most amount of money. So, yeah, I guess that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's kind of like Big Baller brand. It's fitting for him to garner the most amount of money for, like, you know, despite just being kind of like everything else. I was about to make a joke that I would light my mentions on fire with, so I will opt not to and instead tease the segment to come. And it's a good thing that we mentioned, Paul George. It's a perfect segue for what we're going to talk about. We have an iTunes question that really caught Harrison and my attention and is something that we really wanted to talk about. So enjoy that here in a couple seconds. All right. So go ahead and read. Do you have the, the question in there in front of you? No, why would I have that ready? Unbelievable. All right. I'm just kidding. Um, so so this one comes to us from then L33 and he he said that he listens to the podcast most days and he or she listens to the podcast most days and enjoys it, which we appreciate. And uh, they have two questions. And so one is and it's again it's fitting that you talk about Paul George because should the OKC's slow start give the Lakers pause on whether Paul George would be a good fit with two other Max players in Los Angeles? And to me, the answer is no, but I'm curious to see what you think. I would agree that no. I, 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 don't, I don't think it should give you pause, and it's because of the superstars that he's currently saddled with. Like, we're, we're finding saddled. out. We're, we're, well, I mean— I, I at, wouldn't call Melo a superstar, and a, but I would say that he's saddled. Like, a, the OKC is saddled with him. That has not—it just doesn't look— great it's an he's a parachute like he's a he's a, i didn't say parasite but he's a parachute i at least he's holding that team back and i think the splits of when he's when he does play or when he doesn't play are probably pretty ugly i have i don't have him in front of me or anything but yeah carmelo anthony at this stage of his career because of the role that he refuses to accept uh is is actively a harmful nba player and then 
Russell Westbrook, because of the way he was allowed to play last year, I had a manager back in the day when I worked at Men's Warehouse, and he basically said that because <clears throat> we, we, uh, they put out a policy, like a buy one, get one free kind of policy. And he said he freaked out about it, and he says, once you do this, it's just like rebates on, on cars. Once you do this, the customer is always going to expect this. And it that the store that we worked at wound up closing down and, and Men's Warehouse's uh, brand out here where I live never really recovered. And I think with Russell Westbrook last year, they enabled him to be the best and worst part, uh, the best and worst form of Russell Westbrook where players were leaving rebounds for him and he was assist hunting and he was triple double hunting and it got him an MVP and he was rewarded for it. Uh, but I think it's at this point, it's hard for him to go back to being a player that is easy to play with. And Paul George is just kind of stuck there. There's It's just way too often that you watch them play and George is just kind of stuck there in the corner. And me being a Laker fan and a fan of basketball, I just say nobody puts baby in a corner. You just don't yeah, do I am. I am actually shocked to say, but you're not going to be. You're actually going to be surprised by the one of that trio that they're actually better numerically when he's off the floor. It's actually Paul George, yeah, um, Carmelo Anthony. Be- they are slightly better with Carmelo on the floor than mm-hmm. they are with him off by like 0.6 points per 100 possessions, which is not like huge. Yeah. Russell Westbrook, they have a massive difference. They're getting outscored by six points per 100 with Westbrook off the floor. And when he's on the floor, they're outscoring their opponents by three. Paul George is they are a net they are net like zero his net rating is zero when he is on the floor they're tied with their opponents per 100 possessions with paul george on the floor but then when he sits they are at where is the they're outscoring their opponents by almost three points per 100 possessions Mm -hmm. and so i don't know now do you have more pause no i gave you some i gave you some nerd numbers no i i really i really don't because again it's just about how they're using him like so long yeah, as you use agree. so long that, that, as you use Paul George the way the number, they are, he's not going to be an efficient player. I, I would agree. It's one of those things where the numbers don't really reflect the context, and mm-hmm. it's why you can't just look at numbers. You have to also kind of watch the game, mm-hmm. um, because like it's like you said, they aren't like he's not doing Paul George things. He's being asked to do not Paul George things, and so of course he's not going to play as well. If he was on the Lakers, he would be playing with a pass first point guard. He would not. He he would be closer to like a first option whereas when Westbrook and Mello are on the floor he's like kind of more of a third a lot of the time and he just I think he'd be more efficient in the Lakers system yeah and and be able to run off screens more like a lot of the actions that they run for KCP sometimes he'd be great at he's really really great off screens I forget what the exact stat was but I saw that going around on uh on Twitter and when I was listening to limited upside like he's really he's a really really good shooter coming off screens Mm -hmm. and they just aren't using him that way in OKC that much this year shocker that Billy Donovan doesn't understand how to (laughs) put together a decent offensive scheme the other, the other thing too here is, and I, and I'd be remiss if I didn't admit to it, but there might be some bias on our part that we're hoping that he's being used improperly, right? That, that our, that our analysis of this might be painted by the fact that we hope that he can still play with other superstars. But I, I still come back to. Well, I don't really. It doesn't matter to me, but like, I, I mean, they're still, they're still outscoring their opponents on the year. They're still for, I mean, they're 14 and 15 right now. That's disappointing. But I, I think like it's good for, for most of the year they're for most of the year, their net rating has been better than like their actual record. And so 
I, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to recover. But hey, we said the same thing about the, this is going to be fun Lakers. So really, who knows? The the similarities between the this is going to be fun Lakers and this Oklahoma City team are very similar. A lot of the quotes that you see there coming from them, we have to stop making excuses. It starts over now. Uh, I hate Dwight Howard. Like those, there's a lot of quotes that are coming out that are that run true to what's going on or what went on with those Lakers teams. Yeah, it's weird that the Thunder are also turning on Dwight Howard. <laughs> like he's not even on the team, and they're still just saying like, "Screw that clown." It was so funny. There was a there was a clip earlier this season where Dwight Howard made like a crazy move. He went no, he went coast to coast, and he dunked for an and one, and his teammates on the court just kind of like walked towards the spot that you have to get ready for free throws they didn't like celebrate it at all it was just like yeah on the subject of lakers to get their numbers retired like next guy it is like dwight howard is the odds on like last like like lowest odds yeah. of getting his number retired like sacre huertas all those guys have better odds than dwight howard what's funny is that he has the best odds of anybody that the lakers have had since kobe of making the hall of fame um huh it's an interesting it still might it still might be pat oh since kobe yeah well he was he left the team before kobe so Powell would also qualify for that i think pow might honestly have a better chance given his international resume of making the hall of how many they're they're just look up look up i just think there's so much like fatigue with dwight howard that i i don't think he's going to be first ballot look how look up how many two-time defensive player of the year no, he'll make Guys it. I just don't. I don't think it's going to be as immediate, maybe as we would have thought when he was in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I think that there's a lot of tiredness of Dwight Howard's going to get a fresh start this year. Ho ho ho! Like he's on his fifth fresh. Start. Yeah, exactly. Like he's finally with a coach who understands him. Turns out, no, no one can understand him. <laughs> let's let's go to uh, jo- to uh, Stan Van Gunny for your thoughts. <laughs> Dwight Howard. <laughs> now I have to bleep that. Thanks. <laughs> It should be all right. We gotta <laughs> propose that is we just gotta put together a big long blue. Yeah, I'm just, just this whole segment is gonna be bleeped. Uh, <laughs> getting to the second half of Ben L 33s question in objective basketball terms, why would LeBron choose the Lakers over the Sixers, Rockets, or re-signing with the Cavs? And he's saying like what like so just in basketball terms, is there any reason why he'd pick the Lakers over those teams? I think the answer. I think the only way to answer that is Paul George says he's also coming. Yeah, I'm, I think... That's the only argument, basketball-wise. For as much hype is surrounding the Sixers, don't they have a very similar record to the Lakers? No, no, no I, I forget the Sixers. I, I mean, like, Rockets and Cavs. Yeah, I mean... The, the just Rockets just make... if we're looking at basketball. The, like, the, the cap mechan- like, the Rockets would have to do some cap maneuvering, but both the Rockets and the Cavs would probably be more equipped to win in raw basketball terms, not even probably, would be more equipped to win in raw basketball terms with LeBron than the Lakers are unless a guy like Paul George said, let's go team up there. This is a fun hypothetical. Do you think the Cavs, so let's say the Lakers have a full year of growth and they they keep, say, KCP because they would kind of have to if it's just LeBron coming to the Lakers. If, if it's this team and you have a full year of growth and you take LeBron off of the Cavs and you put him on the Lakers, uh, or if you put LeBron, you just keep LeBron with this current team with the Cavs, like which team would be better? The Cavs currently with LeBron or the Lakers next year with LeBron? I, I kind of wonder what people would think because... 
it's still the Cavs. They just have so many veterans that are proven and are helping him win right now that I, I just think we like the Lakers are young and fun and whatever. But I think that we'd start to see a lot more of their flaws if they were actually expected to win more basketball games than they lose, even with LeBron. I think that the big separation here is the shooting. Yeah, you need shooting around LeBron. Yeah, the, the Lakers. I, I'm pretty sure are still the worst shooting team in the NBA. Yeah, and from especially three from three. Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah, that, that I'm. I'm. Me. I'm frantically flipping to this right now, but I believe that is still the case. Yeah, it, it would. It wouldn't surprise me either way. And and it that's is. the They're one shooting thing... 32% from three, which is somehow an improvement over where they were the last time I checked. <laughs> they. The, I, that was one thing that struck me when the Lakers were playing the Cavs was that the ball rotates over and there's J.R. Smith open, there's Kevin Love open, there's uh, what's the the big who can shoot a uh, Channing Fry, there he is, or there's Kyle Korver. I think Dwayne Wade even made a three, and then in that game randomly, Jose Calderon made five or six three. Jose players. Calderon, who is still alive, I was not aware, but <laughs> I guess still alive, still in the NBA, so, so good for Jose. So I think the Cavs are better equipped to to, to are, are a better team around him. But I think next year the Lakers might have a similar amount of non-LeBron talent. Yeah, what's crazy is that like if you're just looking at the Cavs roster, the talent level is not that disparate if you're taking out LeBron from what the Lakers have. But mm-hmm. like Kevin Love is obviously a lot better than anyone the Lakers have right now. But I think other than like him and then maybe Isaiah Thomas when he comes back, if he's healthy and if he's able to play well, I think it's like another guy that's better than anyone the Lakers have right now. But other than that, like the talent level is not that crazy different. Like LeBron just, he elevates that team. He's so, he's so freaking good. He's, he's unstoppable. Like, he's shooting the highest percentage uh, like at the rim of his entire career. I saw this weekend, David Locke, shout out to the Podfather, tweeted that out. Mm-hmm. And like, that's crazy to me. In like he's invincible. 15. Anyone who says like, "Oh, the, like next year is the year he breaks down," like th- there's no way that like any NBA training staff. Like I know you don't like the Lakers. Like like you have your criticisms of the Lakers medical staff, but no, Gary Vee's gone. Him and his machete are gone. I feel a lot better about them. Than oh, okay. That well, they, I mean, there's there's just no like what, there's no logical argument that like next year is just the year when randomly LeBron's just going to completely break down. No. Like he's he's unstoppable, and he's carrying like a bigger load this year than he has in years. Right, which is why again I kind of come back to would like in terms of basketball reasons. Now, look, if you think why would LeBron come to the Lakers to have to get to the Warriors early in the playoffs, and fine, like sure, but then why would anybody move west, or why would anyone move anywhere? Period. If the Warriors are just going to why there are so many super teams in the East? Oh wait. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I think I think the the basketball now Houston fine Houston the the one tough thing that they have to figure out though is if they do get LeBron how do they make it work financially with keeping Harden at the rate that he is Paul at the rate that he'll demand and LeBron at the rate that he'll demand that that cap situation isn't exactly ideal um, but. The Lakers, to, in my opinion, aren't as far behind these teams as a lot of people want to paint the picture to be. And I think a lot of that picture painting is taking place because people just don't really want to I think the in Lakers raw basketball terms, they're pretty far behind the Rockets. Well, no, yes, yeah, I agree. But are they, are they that far behind the Rockets if the Rockets aren't able to keep Chris Paul? No, probably. I mean, still, I'd the say big yes. difference like is James Harden. Harden is arguably the best player in the NBA is, right now. Is is James Harden the same James Harden if you put him with LeBron? 
Like he he wouldn't have the ball as much as he did. Now that that was the argument. Still, I mean, he he's still an ball. incredible shooter yeah. and an incredible passer, and get like okay on defense when he tries. I, I think he's still a lot better than anyone the Lakers have. Oh yeah, by a lot. Yeah, <laughs> exponentially. But Other yeah. than Lonzo, I, I think I think the Lakers are, and that was the, to, I guess to kind of put a bow on this whole thing, but the. That's what the Lakers were hoping for this year. When the year started, we just said, "Look, we don't wins don't necessarily matter. Uh, stats don't necessarily matter. It's about are the Lakers heading in the direction where they can sit in a room with LeBron and it's not a laughable debate." Yeah, and hey, and that's audition really successful against Cleveland. They they stayed with them. It was a fun game. It was a good one. Yeah. All right, that'll do it though. I, I guess so. So I get. You said you weren't worried about Paul George and basketball reasons. Houston is, I think, far and away the the best basketball landing spot for for LeBron, even better than Cleveland. But after that, between Cleveland, Philadelphia, and and, and the Lakers, I don't I don't feel like it's. I that still crazy would put all. I still would put both of those teams for pure basketball reasons ahead of the Lakers, unless a guy like Paul George is coming. But I, I think um, I, I I agree with you that it's not as far as some people might say. I don't get. I don't see it with the Sixers. I'm sorry. I got. I, Joel and Embiid and Simmons are good, man. And like no, they're I, they're young. They're going to get so much better. But Embiid has also taken a couple random nights off this season. Like he's, yeah, well he's, he's still. Gonna, being... I mean, they're doing that to keep him healthy. But he's like, if they can just cut, keep him like playing, you know, two thirds of their games, he's like he's just so good. The Lakers played them tough the first time and beat them the second time. Yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> I I think they're both really freaking good, and, and they have brighter futures than just about anybody the Lakers currently have on their roster. But there are legitimate questions. They gave. I don't know if I want to pay Robert Covington the way that they're going to pay Robert Co- Robert Covington the way that for the for the remainder of that contract. JJ Redick has been kind of disappointing both times that I've watched them play. It's they aren't they don't blow me away the way that Lakers or NBA Twitter is blown away by that team. I just don't see it the way. That's that... just because you hate the process and don't want it to work out. Fair, hater. <laughs> All right, that does it for this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. This was a fun one, and shouts to whoever left. What, what was the guy's name who left that, or the person's name who left that? It question? was it was then L thirty three. Shouts that that was a great question. Those were two great questions, and we would like to get more from you guys. So leave those five star iTunes reviews. Leave the questions in there, and as always, we will get to them. Make sure you guys are following. Oh, also, the show. one more question from Big J twenty two three four five six seven eight. Harrison, what's more old and tired, Anthony's D'Lo obsession or Anthony's spa jokes? He acts like we traded away the reigning MVP. And so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's definitely the spa thing. I don't I don't think it's very funny. But then the <laughs> second thing is definitely the D'Lo obsession. And there were only there were only two things. Like duh. Yeah. Well, you know, I wanted to rank them and just let you know that either. <laughs> I don't know. I find it great that people just randomly at you about the spa. I need to get, we need to get a local spa sponsor, a sponsor. Not with, not with that wordplay. (laughs) All right. I got, I got to sign off before Harrison jumps through my computer and strangles me. Make sure you guys are following the show everywhere that you can find all of your favorite podcasts. Make sure you're following Harrison on Twitter at HM giraffe. I am. Oh my (laughs) God. (laughs) 
I am at Anthony Irwin LA. Harrison writes for Lakers Nation, so make sure you're keeping up with everything that he's writing over there. I write for Lakers Outsiders, so make sure you guys are following all the content that goes up up there. I Actually, also... real quick, if I, I have something that by the time that this releases, it should be up on Lakers Nation. I, I talked with Andrew Bernstein, who photographed Kobe's entire career. Uh, the only photographer to do so about like his favorite Kobe memories, some behind the scenes stuff, like his favorite pictures and what he'll remember about that and just kind of the relationship that they had. And I'm kind of proud of the way it turned out. We'll see. I, I, it should be up by the time that this podcast is up on Lakers Nation. So uh, be sure to check that out. For today. one of his Kobe pictures, right? Yeah, he, he's won <laughs> several and he has some amazing ones and they should be in the article as well. Some of the better ones. He put he isn't he the one who did who took the picture overhead of Kobe going for the dunk? It's totally pot. Like I, I looked through a lot of them this weekend. That that could be one of them. Yeah, that's one of my favorite pictures. He, he took the "Come Fly with Me" Michael Jordan uh, photo as well, which is like probably the one that he's most famous for. That's that's pretty awesome. Congrats on the get. That's a good one. Thanks yeah. for getting him for the podcast. <clears throat> you know, you just can't you just can't let me win at anything, can you? Nope. Have a good one, everybody.